John Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on podcast services and youtube.com slash Capri every single Monday. Patrons get it first. Thank you guys so much for subscribing and hitting the like button and telling your mom and telling your friend and telling your friend's friend and putting it on Twitter and telling everybody that you know. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you very, very much. And here we are, 2022. We made it. 2021 had a lot of challenges, but let's face it. They had a lot of pretty good things too, right? Couldn't all be bad. Um, you know, some of you guys listen to the Pants Patreon podcast for Patrons Podcast, an exclusive bonus podcast for supporting Yumi Capri. And I start every one of those episodes with the three thankful things. And I think that has that has powered me through, man. It's been challenging, but it's good. And right now, I've actually let me let me just pull back the curtain here a little bit. Uh, I've recorded a couple of uh, intros here and I keep getting on a track where I'm talking about my dogs and I'm not going to do it, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like how where I was going with any of those conversations uh, or dialogues or monologues at all. Um, so I'm just going to leave it. What I have done is on the Pants Patreon podcast for Patrons Podcast, I go into detail about my last week of 2021 where I did lose the dogs and I kind of just talk through that. So I don't think I'm, I'm not going to rehash it here. Um, I did it probably better over there anyways. And for whatever reason, like I just want to start this episode this year with the energy that you're hearing from me right now. So I was I was feeling conflicted about that, but this is what we're going to do. But I'm getting way ahead of myself because if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and we talk about life and video games and sometimes comics like today. And if you want to be on the show or just let me know what you think, you can tweet at me at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And man, uh, the community has rallied. We are one of the things that's really cool in the discord. And I don't know if you guys have seen this as well. Uh, there's been a lot of birthdays lately and we're all celebrating. We're all making that day very special for everybody. Um, uh, Digi is celebrated birthday. Joey Splats is celebrated birthday. A few others. Very, very cool. I love what I'm seeing here, you guys. And 2022, let's grab it, man. I'm so excited about today's conversation with the uncanny Omar from Near Mint Condition. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. But if you're considering, maybe, if you, if you like supporting people on Patreon, if you like supporting um, independent content, you can go to patreon.com slash Capri, just like nearly 70 others have done already and continue to do. And you guys just lift me up. And I want to say a special thank you to all of our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can support Jonathan Brown at youtube.com slash P-M-E-N-T. More on him in just a second. Platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth and all of our gold members. Holy crap, there's so many of you guys. Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skitty Matt, and Xavier Reyes with a special welcome to new patrons, Seth Sturgill, Awesome Dave, and Tech Mike. And thank you to Yarden and Skinny Matt for upgrading your support. You guys, this doesn't happen without you. I'm just telling you guys that right now. None of this happens without you. We would have shut this down a long time ago. I wouldn't be able to justify any of this to my family. So <laughs> thank you guys so much. And I have to say, too, uh, last night, as I record this, last night I had just a conversation with a few, a few people an absolutely transformational conversation. This is going to, things are going to, things are going to change in the best way possible. And man, I can't wait to tell you guys about it. I'm, I'm about to spoil it and I can't do it. Um, we've got something big in the works and I can't wait to tell you guys more about it. Now, I mentioned Jonathan Brown just before we get to the uncanny Omar, which guys, this is, this is special. Um, but Jonathan Brown 
longtime friend. He's been there for me for basically since the beginning, man. And I want to I want to uh, single you out just for a second here, Jonathan Brown. I want to say congratulations uh, for releasing your new album in my element. Uh, we're going to feature Jonathan Brown's music for the entire month of January. It's going to be whenever we like intro the conversations right after this, you're going to hear Jonathan Brown's music. You can find it on Spotify and Apple Music. It's under PME. All the links are in the show notes. So please, guys, go check it out. If you've got um, Apple Music, whatever it's Apple, what is it, Unlimited or Spotify, go go give it a listen. Add it to your playlist. Do all the things. Um, it's uh, what I have found. I've actually started to listen to this while I work, and it's perfect. Like, I, I wish that I could listen to podcasts and work, but I don't know what it is, man. I've lost the ability to do that lately. I, I can't I can't listen to people and think. It's like I'm turning into an old man. I'm like turning. It's like when I don't know if you guys ever did this or if your parents ever did this. They'd be driving around and um, they would turn down the radio to think about where they're supposed to be going. My dad always did that and I never understood it. I'm turning into that where I'm like I'm turning down the radio to concentrate. I'm like, since when do I need to hear myself think? But that's that's me. So Jonathan Brown's music is perfect for just a little background music, just a little chill. It's very, very cool, man. Check it out, please, guys. Um, All the links again in the show notes now. The moment we've all been waiting for. The Uncanny Omar from Near Mint Condition is here. He is my guest and is, I wouldn't say like single-handedly, but very, has very largely contributed to my newfound obsession with comics. Um, At one point, I found a video uh, on his channel that just explained even the format. Just as something as simple as like, what's a single versus a trade paperback? Well, like, what is an omnibus? Like, what the heck, man? And ever since then, I have gone through so many videos. It's been very rare for me to just discover a YouTube channel and then go down the rabbit hole on that one channel. Um, but this is the one. So, you know, and and Omar has just an incredible community over there at the YouTube channel, uh, Near Mint Condition. I really encourage you guys to go check it out if you haven't already. And what has occurred to me just as I'm about to release this episode to you guys is there's so many people in that community who would kill for this chance to sit down and chat with Omar. And that is not lost on me. I'm so grateful uh, for Omar's time, for the fact that he entrusted me to like sit down and have an interview. It's very free flowing. We just in case this is uh, your guys' first time listening to the show. It's just a chat. We're just kind of having a sweet hang. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys, if you haven't already, go check out um Omar's channel, Near Mint Condition, is one of my favorites, if not my favorite YouTube channel on the entire internet. Um, this is a quick heads up for any of you guys who typically listen in for video game conversation. This is a comic book conversation, and I love it. I adore it. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Here he is, the uncanny Omar. <laughs> Even considering moving with all that stuff behind you like you've got an actual library i'm i'm 43 years old and my you know the girls and melanie and i have been down here putting up just like so i'm also a toy collector like i love anime figures yeah, and video game figures yeah. i've gotten rid of a lot because that's how i was able to pay for a bunch of this stuff here mm-hmm. but i have a ton yeah a ton yeah. and it doesn't weigh much and i look at my books and it's these moments of like, I, I gotta, I gotta get to this because <laughs> <laughs> so I realized all my friends are in their forties now and I can't get them to come over for beer and pizza to help me move. Mm-hmm. So I think I have to actually hire movers to, to do it because I'm just, I'm just, uh, 
I'm too old and too stubborn because I will try to do it myself. I'll, and I'll get hurt and mm -hmm. I don't need that. So I'm just going to let them do it. I may pack the Omnis just because I want my things to be in good, <laughs> safely stored. Uh, but as far as carrying them, my goodness, I can, there's no way. How many books do you many have? Books like, because I can only see can... so much. But like, do you have like an idea of like quantities that you're dealing with? It's like the, it's endless behind you, and I've seen the tours and everything. It's like it's crazy, man. A lot, a lot. <laughs> no, I have manga too. I haven't even done my manga tour. I'll probably wait till we get to the new house to do the manga tour. Oh yeah, uh, a lot, a lot. I'm not gonna lie. A lot. <laughs> when you move, like, you, have you chosen your house? Like, are, are you in that process? Or are you yeah. in a sort of in-between stage or what? We, we made an offer, like, Sunday. And it's going back and forth. At first, yeah. like, we were going to be able to do it just with a down payment. And now the lender is like, well, you have to sell your home. So it's contingent on the uh, sell of your house. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted oh, to take our gosh. Yeah out slowly to the new house now we have to sell our home so it's this whole like you know um <laughs> you have a five-week window to sell your house get the money make sure you're you don't lose the bit like it's, it's insane and a lot of stress and i don't i i we'll, we'll do it though we, we and you're not it. skipping like, a beat on the channel though man like you're still doing like at least a video a day it's my full-time job so yeah I is don't, it? it yeah so i don't uh it's been my full-time job since uh, it's almost been a year, actually. Good um, for you. January 16th is when I decided to take it full time. Yeah. Uh, because I lost my job. We can do this if you want to. If this is, I've been recording the whole time. Like, this is all good. Like, it's just sort of like, there's no real <laughs> intro. I do it all separately and everything. So it's just super conversational. Yeah. Well, then I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, uh, yeah. So it wasn't like I set out to be a YouTube uh, sensation in my 40s. It's <laughs> the life plan I, we all drew up, right? <laughs> so back in 2000, and when was it when we started? Uh, about five, five years ago, my friends and I got together and we used to have a podcast about 15 years ago. And we decided, hey, let's 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 get together again and like maybe do something, maybe do video this time. So we hear this YouTube thing is a thing that's mm -hmm. happening. So we all had full-time jobs, and but our kids were older, and we can get together again, and that's when we started the channel. Uh, but eventually, I kind of spun it out because there were things I wanted to talk about that nobody else was interested in. Mm -hmm. So I started doing more and more collected editions because that's what I wanted to do because it was videos that I wanted to see. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, especially when I was beginning to get into collected editions the information that was out there was very very limited there was a there was one website that kind of had a it was pretty much a spreadsheet of things that were coming out but they didn't tell you what issues were collected in there mm -hmm. so then i started making my own and then honestly i just kind of started memorizing things and but anyway that's kind of what i wanted to do i wanted to show people like hey this particular X-Men book fits in, in, you know, between Phalanx Covenant and Age of Apocalypse. It's called Legion Quest because it leads into the Age of Apocalypse and there's a double dipping that happens in here. Your brain is crazy, man. Like, and you're always off script like that. You're just like, let's just, I'll just brain dump into this video. Like, you, you know, you, you must do a little bit of research ahead of time, but it's all there and just kind of so naturally streaming out of your, out of your mouth, man. 
Um, I think somebody once said you should write scripts like your videos yeah. would be better. Yeah. And I was oh, like, no, yeah. no, no, not for not for they, videos. No, God, no. They, they would. But do you know how much time I would spend on a script? Like, I just wing it. Like I still that's way it. better though. People can always tell when you're scripted, you know? you know? Yeah. And I think there's some authenticity to just, it's not like a, a know-it-all attitude, but more of a, I make mistakes too. Like I get corrected and I don't mind. I like when people say, Oh, by the way, this, you were, they're really nice about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't come out and say, you were so wrong about this. Although some people do, uh, you, you were a little off on this and I'm like, Oh, you're right. Or I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there is, like definitely authenticity because those were like i said it's the type of things that i wanted to see so long story short we started that five years ago i kind of morphed it into more of a collected editions thing and that's what seemed to uh catch on and people were were just asking me more and more questions and at one time there was a time when i could actually respond back to every comment and in 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 that amount of time i started doing you know two videos a week then it became like five videos a week and then it became a video every day uh my job at the time i was uh, an it project manager and yeah i was traveling around a lot so i could kind of map out my days like okay i can do these type of videos this week and then in june of 2020 i lost my job like a lot of people did during the pandemic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i had to you know, try to find something new, try to, and it was depressing because nobody was hiring and the people that were, it was only contract work and it was, um, it was rough. It was rough for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So come October, I noticed like a peak in the numbers because I was doing different things on YouTube, trying different formats of doing things. Um, and I talked to Melanie and uh, uh, we, we both had a conversation. I said, if I tweak this a little bit, you know, we start a Patreon full blown. And at that time, thank goodness too, Marvel reached out to me about actually officially sponsoring some videos for the channel. And all that added up, and I was like, I could, we could, I can make this work. We can, I can make a living doing this. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. I went full. I went live with that like January sixteenth. Whenever I made a whole video about like changes to the channel, mm-hmm. and it was, it's been a blessing. It's been crazy. It's been twenty twenty one was nothing but a learning curve as far as like how to make this into a business and still keep it fun and still keep it fresh it's been a huge learning curve like this is the hardest thing i've ever had to do but my god it's the most fun i've ever had doing anything uh it you know it is owning your own business so you know anybody that owns their own business like they don't take vacation they don't stop working they're constantly thinking about how to make things better for their business it's the same thing with this the channel yeah, to me i mean it, it's all about my I think I just bring my work ethic into this. It's like I put as much work as I would. No, I take it back. I put more work than I would when I had a uh, normal nine to five job. What are, I put, what are, what are some crap. of the things? What are some of the things that people don't see you do? Like, you know, it's one of those things is, as, as a community member, as I, people watch the videos, they just see the video. But what goes yeah. on behind the scenes, you know? 
so I'm a, I'm a solo act, right? Like Melanie will help me from time to time. We do live streams. I look forward to those. Uh, so when doing these type of videos, like I, I'm blessed enough that some companies will send me books and I could technically show the book and be like, okay, here's the cover. Here's the back. That's cool. Yeah. And, know, and yeah. not know anything about the book, which, you know, there are no guidelines. No, nobody at these companies has ever said, okay, you have to talk about it for three minutes or five minutes, you know, right. or give us some right. screen time. It's just me. Like, I think if I'm doing this full time, then I owe it to my subscribers to do a little bit of my own reading or read the whole thing cover to cover and then research it. I try to stay away from um, like how I feel about certain stories, although sometimes I can't help it because uh, I really <laughs> enjoy something. Those are my favorite because you can hear your, yourself like you're going to say something like, I'm not going to get into the story, the story spots, but I've got to talk about like this thing. I can't, I can't help it. I'm going to say I'm <laughs> not going to do it, but I'm totally going to do it, man. I'm totally going to do it. I do that every time. It's um, so funny. So I, I love it. I do try to stay neutral because there are certain things, there's certain stories I don't like, there are stories that I love, and yeah. I, I want everybody to make up their own. My job is just to put the product out there and to showcase the artwork and talk a little bit about what the stories are. Mm -hmm. So um, the, a lot of the stuff that I do is reading. Like that's, yeah. But yeah. I, I read every day, right? Like it's not like – but here's one thing I had to learn to do though. Um, so when I was reading for fun, I, I would focus on a particular story. Like if I'm reading an omnibus, I wouldn't read something else. I would finish the omnibus, um, reading about a particular character. Or if I'm reading a run, I'm like, okay, I want to read flash from the very beginning, the oldest books I have all the way in chronological order to the end of uh, flashpoint. Yeah. I can't do that anymore yeah. <laughs> because there's yeah. so much coming in that I have to put a stop reading something, even though I don't want to sometimes, even though I'm enjoying the crap out of a story, I have to put a stop and go read something else. And then I also have to read, I want to read for fun. Like, mm -hmm. uh, that's why I really look forward to like my top 10 reads of the year. Those, you know, are just books that people have suggested to me or books I've been wanting to check out based on like uh, the artwork. Um, and I, and that's how, you know, hidden gems, all that stuff. That's why I started that segment because there's so many books out there that I've enjoyed. And I also have to give myself time to read for fun. And then, yeah, you're right. I, I do have to do a little bit of research about certain things um, and then film it and edit. Edit. Yes, edit. man. Surprise. is more, more to it than just <laughs> the editing. Just but even that just on its own is tons, man. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and they're not all like this. Like, usually, like, an overview of a video, uh, I'm sorry, an overview of an omnibus, and probably takes about 30 minutes to film just to make sure I got the right angle, got the cameras, or I'm mm. sorry, the lighting set up properly. Um, I'm, I'm not showing any vulgarity on the pages. Sometimes they'll slip <laughs> in and I have to edit out or filter it out or censor it out. Uh, about 30 minutes to do those, and yeah. but editing. I, I say 45 minutes to an hour of editing. It's not terrible. Then there's the other side of things where it's like the upcoming collected edition. And I'll tell you how that started. Uh, so I did this video. It's probably my uh, most popular video on the channel outside of the breaking news and other just uh, random videos that uh, seem to get more hits. But the one that always gets the hits is uh, the upcoming collected editions. Mm -hmm. So I do like here's all the books that are coming out next month. Now, I started that because I already did that for myself. Like, I made a list 
because I was tired of just going three different places and gathering this information. And I started making my own list. And then one day I said, hey, let's, what if I can make a video of this? And I remember telling myself, I said, if 500 people watch, I'll keep doing this every month. And it became my most popular video. A lot of people look forward to that. But holy crap, the amount of work and time and energy that goes into that. Because now there's, <laughs> now there's not only three places, there's several places I have to go because there's different distributors, there's different dates, and it's changing all the time. Uh, then it's gathering, you know, the information, right? Uh, making a catalog of what's coming out, a written documentation, uh, gathering the the images, uh, the high-end images, because YouTube prefers you to have a certain um, pixel rate uh, on your image, and then. <laughs> The filming, the editing, I mean, all together, that's like 18 to 24 hours worth of work. Big time. Big time. Everything runs smooth. My wife was here the last time I was doing it in technical difficulties. That's another thing. Like, since you do it solo, right? You don't have, yo, I got to call IT. I'm IT. I'm everything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have to get it fixed. I'm the one that fixes it. Oh. The laptop is down. What's going on? Why Final Cut Pro? Like, where's my project? Where did Final Cut Pro put my project? It, all that stuff, man. It's just things that, uh, you know, people don't see. And I don't want them to because it's not my job. It's not, it, it's not my job to let them see that I'm struggling with something. My job is just to put the good news out there and make their day a little bit better. And I'm okay with that. But behind the scenes, doing a solo thing is, can be really stressful. I wanted to ask you, because you had mentioned kind of earlier on in the direction that you were taking the channel, like what is it about collected editions versus, I don't know, I guess like, I guess the only other option would be like singles. Like wh what was it about collected editions, trades and omnis and things that like caught you or wanted, you wanted to make videos about that? I'm a visual type of guy. I like things that look really good on the shelf. And mm -hmm. this being a podcast, I guess it's kind of hard to tell that your shelf is full of really amazing little things that keep me distracted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, like, I like limited edition video games. I like yeah. – uh, it, it's nostalgic to me to go back and pick up a book, right? There's a certain beauty to going back to my long boxes and digging out an issue of Uncanny X-Men. Yeah. But yeah. the older I got, the more I realized, you know, these look so much better on the shelf like the Epic Collections or the – uh, you know, the, the Omnis or the Absolute Editions, they look like wonderful pieces of just work on yeah. the shelf. Yeah. Expensive. But um, I think they are the best way to, to read these stories because I don't have to get out my, you know, 18 issues of the Executioner song. I have to go dig through my X-Force box or my X-Factor box and just go get the hardcover mm -hmm. or, uh, or the Milestone or you know, and pull it off the shelf and read it all in one go. It's yeah. all complete. It's yeah. all in, it's in the, it's in reading order already. There's, you're not missing anything. So I think it's, I guess a, a mix of getting older, wanting that nostalgia back. And then the simplicity of just picking a book off the shelf and say, okay, I want to read what the phalanx covenant is about. But how are you but sort of like reconciling the notion of like you kind of have to wait, you kind of have to be patient. Maybe you have enough inside oh gosh, knowledge yeah. in terms of right. Like, some of my viewers, some of my viewers like to talk about things as soon as the book comes out, yes. like Inferno. Like X Men Inferno right now is like hot, right? No pun intended. And I'm like, wait, was anything? <laughs> totally the the hardcover <laughs> comes out in about a month. Okay, give yeah. me give me a month because I tried. I'm I'm also in my 40s. I don't really 
hang out on social media, so a lot of things don't get spoiled for me. Nice, but now yeah. that I have a YouTube yeah. platform, you know, I do have to uh, tell people like, hey, by the way, I know you want to talk about Nick Spencer's final issue of Spider-Man, but that's going to be another two months for me. So just give me a little bit of time. And so trade know, waiting also has. Is it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is like, is it a given? And this is just me being new to comics. Like, is it a, just mm -hmm. a given that singles will eventually be collected in something, some sort of trade or some sort of collected edition? It, it, it is now. There was a time when we didn't know. Yeah. There was a time like a lot has changed and it's been such a nice gradual change, dude, that I didn't even notice. Yeah. Now, it, you know, there was a time that I remember going, oh, man. I wonder if that will ever be collected in a trade paperback. Mm -hmm. They've already done some. Like I remember um, some of Final Crisis. There was one particular one shot of Final Crisis. It was the Justice League. It was pretty much the wrap-up issue of Brett Meltzer's run on Justice League. And it was not collected in any of the trade paperbacks. And I remember thinking, oh, that sucks. Like mm -hmm. I really like that issue so much so that I custom-bound my own uh, – what did I put it in? I think I put it in my Outsiders Volume 2 yeah. uh, custom yeah. bound omnibus. But uh, when Final Crisis did come out, they did put that one shot in there, the omnibus, the 10th anniversary omnibus. So there was a time when we didn't know if everything was going to be collected in trade paperback format. And now it seems like both companies at least, whether they're doing hardcovers, standard size hardcovers, deluxe editions, or omnibus mm -hmm. editions, in one form or another – these stories are going to be collected to be put on your shelf. Uh, I think even some of the digital stuff that's available digital only will be collected eventually. Yeah. On, in, yeah. So you can put it on your shelf. And I think that's what, a, you know, you, I never realized it until you asked that question, how, you know, I've always said that we live in like the golden age of the collected editions. And it's true because without thinking about it, I said, yeah, everything will be eventually collected in some kind of collected edition format. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, um, I just bought a bunch of Carnage, I think Red Blood and Red, White, and Blood or something like that, and I bought it because yeah. I like the covers on them, and I'm like, and then it was, I, I bought, I think, three or four of them, and then it was it was on some website, I'm like, oh, there's a trade right there, like, why wouldn't I just get that, and right. I'm coming to realize this as time kind of goes on, and I'm, I'm coming to know it, and honestly, it was, how I got introduced to your channel was, I was like, I just don't even know the formats like your first video that i ever watched was all the different like this the difference between singles and trades and deluxe and hardcovers and all oh really and, i'm so like, glad you found that useful that always, was I, that was I, the best one man absolutely oh thank you i watched you. it over and over again because i'm like okay there is a lot here like you know this like the back of your hand and i was just like i did this with pc gaming back in the day back in like the the mid 90s where i'm like i don't know anything about this i'm just gonna read this magazine until i kind of finally figure this out until these words start to make sense to me and getting into comics cool has been similar we, to that. We live in a we live in a world where you can just browse what you're interested mm -hmm. in and, and learn more about it. I think that's so cool. Like I sound like an old man now talking about oh, the I'm way with you, that man. I, we're, collected editions <laughs> used to be. But you know, there was a time where we, yeah, if you wanted to know about something, you went to the library, or God forbid, you get one of your encyclopedias out. <laughs> And you hope you Honestly, can find an entry in there. PC Gamer, somewhere in here, I've got a, I've got my first That's issue that I ever had a PC yet. Gamer, and that was it. Me just diving in, just going like, what are these words? What's a megahertz? What's a, what? I don't know. Like, what's, what do yeah. these words even mean? And just eventually, they started to make sense. And I don't know what it was. Like, I've always kind of had an appreciation for comics. Like back in the '90s, I collected Marvel Overpower cards. It was like the, it was like a, oh yeah, Magic the, the Gathering. 
I remember the the colors on those were really awesome. Oh man, I just I adore it, and I just we didn't have I just didn't get into into comics back in the day. I just always knew they were a thing. I watched X Men cartoon and Spider Man cartoons, mm-hmm. things like that. So I was always like. I was I was just adjacent, just outside of comics and, and, you know, typical intimidated by like the variety and the depth and everything. And it was just coming to understand how it all works. And that was your channel. Like you, you mentioned before, too, about the work that goes into collecting all the the upcoming collected editions. Like that's hard to find out. So when you have a channel like yours where you're just like you do all the work for somebody else, like people find a huge amount of value in that, even though it means for us, we're just going to end up spending, you know, all of our money <laughs> month to month basis, man. It's like, holy crap, dude. I think most people, whenever they greet me, like they just want to say hi or they have a question on uh, they usually say, hey, I just found your channel. I love this stuff. Uh, my wallet or my wife usually is one of those two. Uh, hate your guts, though. Big time. And my I, my parents, I, everybody around me is like, what happened? <laughs> like, what? Because usually I'll, I'll ask for video game stuff or whatever. And then for Christmas, just over the last couple of weeks, it's like, it was just books. Like, just nonstop. Which is, <laughs> awesome. And one of the best things that I'll tell you, too, is like, um, my dad collected comics for a while because he had heard that our neighbor sold his collection once upon a time. And that was the down payment uh-huh. on their house. Like, before that was really a thing. So my dad kind of yeah. started collecting some stuff, too. And so he's got a bunch of stuff in his basement. And recently, just me getting back into comics has his him digging into his old comic collection. We're going awesome. to the comic shop together. Like, that is that is pretty that's pretty cool, man. I've, I've heard people like bonding over, you know, comics again and people uh, that have been gone from comics for 20 something years coming back and watching my channel and saying, I had no idea that these stories were now available in this nice format. Yeah, man. And I think, honestly, that has a lot to do with it. Now that it's easily accessible, man, why? Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Go relive your childhood, or you know, whenever that was, whether it was seventy or whatever you missed out on. Like if you if you lived it, or if exactly. you missed it. Yeah, like, man. Uh, there, there are several. Uh, so I left comics for a little while too. Like most everybody, you know, you get to be a certain age, you start taking other interests. But mm-hmm. I left it like right around onslaught. So that was like 1996. I left comics for a few years. It wasn't until Grant Morrison's run on New X Men that I came back. But I missed out on things like Hitman. I missed out on the ending of a few series. I missed out on like Transmetropolitan. You know, all these books that I've heard other people talk about, but I never got a chance to read it. And now they're out in, you know, with the exception of Hitman, maybe one day, hopefully we'll get some kind of omnibus with DC. Uh, But we have like really nice uh, absolute editions of some of these Mm -hmm. stories. Or Alan Moore was still writing a bunch of stuff then too, like League was uh, very popular in that time. So, yeah, you're right. If you missed out on it, you can go back and read it. Or if you were missing that one issue that you couldn't get for your 14-part whatever it was that you were collecting, yeah. Unless, unless, you take a, unless you take a liking to some Todd McFarlane stuff and you want to get some Spawn hardcovers. That is just so <laughs> mad. And, dude, like you even asked him about it. I love of that you, I- you asked Todd McFarlane, like, please, God, just like give us some. And everybody in the chat, like – let 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 them know that this is what we want. Is it a, a legal thing? Is that why? Is there like is there like an issue with what is it uh, issue number ten or something like that that they can't no, include or what is it? No, because the compendium has issue number ten. It's just uh, oh, I think right. a lot of the a lot of the time people I, I I don't know if it's faith or what. Maybe they they lose faith in um you know their creation. But he, I mean he he can't be because. I mean, this is a different Todd. Todd was a lot more 
pompous back in his twenties. Mm-hmm. So though, I mean, that guy was up there. He was one of the kings of comics. But it, like, he must have seen the pre-order sales of that Spawn toy being broke like a million dollars in yeah. in a matter of just I think it was a day or so. It was crazy. When Spawn seems to be, I don't know, maybe comics just in general. Like, does it seem to you that, like, you mentioned people are coming back to comics in a big way. Like, are comics bigger now than ever? Like, it seems to me like th- there's some sort of renaissance happening. But I don't know enough to really make a comment like I that. Think, um, I saw, you know, there was a big spike, of course, uh, during the pandemic. 2020 was a huge year for graphic novels, the oh, collected wow. editions, oh, wow. right? Yeah. It was a huge yeah. year. Uh, whether it was a retail market or the book market, it was huge. Basically, people were at home and then much like everybody else started looking at videos, started, you know, like, hey, I wonder what Spider-Man's been up to. I haven't read Spider-Man in 25 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then finding different ways of collecting these things. And one of them was, of course, these big omnis and people were like, I had no idea these books existed. Now, things I don't want to say have slowed down, but, you know, I think it's definitely grown. And I don't know. People ask me this all the time, like. Do I see it keep growing? And I I think so. I mean, I think it's like – basically, we're talking about physical media, right? Right. And obviously, right. you're a physical guy. I, mm. I see your stuff behind you. I am as well. And it, everybody tells us you know, it's a dying thing. Everything's going to go digital. Movies are going to go digital. I mean look at Disney, right? Like Disney is no longer doing uh, live-action physical movies outside of their MCU stuff or – I can't remember what else. They, they made a rule about it. But mm-hmm. like all those old movies that we grew up, like you'll never see them in 4K. That's crazy. They, That's crazy. It, it's insane. So it's like up to smaller companies to produce those kind of uh, physical format media overseas. And people are importing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- same thing with video games. I mean, video games, look look at the same release date. And you're not even getting a deal by buying digital. I know. You're still paying $59. How have we not made us think about that like at all? Like it's, like, it's absolutely because crazy. Because everybody, everybody wants it the same day. That's everybody wrong. wants it day one. And you're going to pay that price. It doesn't matter if it's 60 bucks. Um but that's the other thing, right? Like people are like, no, there's not going to be look, – look at the video game, like the actual consoles themselves, right? You have to pay an extra price to have – For the disc, disc drive. drive <laughs> right? It's insane, <laughs> so true. dude. It's so true. It's insane. But I think that's the thing that, that comics really – like that's the, the itch that it scratches for me, which is I, I can have something physical. And that, like, that's the amiibo is the toys and stuff. Like I'm not buying my games yeah. physical anymore, so I need something. I didn't re- – I don't think I ever made that conscious decision that like – I don't, and it wasn't until after it, it showed up on my shelves, I'm like, oh, that's what I've been up to. That's why I've been obsessive about this stuff. I like how they look together, to your point about, like, you know, the spines kind of looking nice on a hardcover, all lined up yeah. really good. And, you know, that's why I have toys that are still in the box together, because I like I like their artwork that comes along with the box. It sounds very maybe and strange to say. And you're willing to pay a premium price. To have that, it's a it's right? a celebration of the obsession. Is kind of how I think about it. Absolutely, like, I love video games and I want all the things about them, and I and I have like this appreciation for artwork just in general. I wish I could draw better than I can draw. Um, and I when I see like a video of like Todd McFarlane going, we're just gonna do a two minute drawing <laughs> of Spider Man, and it's like better than if I spent a month on the damn thing. It's so great, and yeah, I want to have that. I want to have that around my house. I want to read it, and I want to have an appreciation for the look and feel of a hardcover or even the paper. I love that you talk about even like the paper quality and how it feels. Is it a gloss? Is it a matte? Like those things to me, yeah. like that totally resonates. 
I think th- those are. Well, I, I try to talk about things that are important to me, and then, and then you you also get like viewer feedback. Hey, could you mention this next time? Mm-hmm. And of course, I can. Uh, so the amiibo going back to start your own you YouTube said, channel. You talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the amiibo. Let me tell you, when the Nintendo sixty four came out, uh, when Smash Brothers came out on the sixty four. I remember the ending and, you know, you you collecting the little trophies. I mm-hmm. remember saying, man, if they ever release those little trophies, like a physical format of those little trophies, I'm going to collect them all. And I remember telling my friend, I'm like, they can be Gashapons. I can go to the freaking Gashapon machine and spend $100 <laughs> trying to get myself a Toon Link or, or Link at the time, Kid Link. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they announced those things, I said – Oh my gosh, they're actually coming they and I gotta go it. stand in line. I gotta go stand in line at Target for Rosalina or whomever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I was a grown man and standing in line at Target. I have one of my favorite stories to tell people. It's my buddy Rob and I were at Target. This was when we still had Toys R Us here in the United States. I think they had uh who's the exclusive to Toys R Us? Oh, Lucario. Oh yeah. Lucario was the exclusive, right, to Toys R Us. And these dudes pull up in a car and they're like, what are you guys doing? Before <laughs> anybody could say anything, I said, we're waiting on the new Madden. Because I was like, there's no way in hell I'm, admitting <laughs> I'm waiting in line for an amiibo. <laughs> I love it. You don't even have to think about it. You just got to like send them on their way, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, don't need, I don't need you to mock me. Just go on about your business. I'm here waiting on a freaking doll. That's I had right. a I, man. I was I'm right with you, and we um we had the Wii U. We bought uh, my wife and I really connected uh, just as the Wii was kind of coming to an end. Wii U was kind of coming mm-hmm. into play around what 2012 or something like that, and uh, we had pre-ordered a Wii U. We got that together. We knew that it wasn't really a big deal because we got there. There's no lineup like at all. Like nobody's there to buy the Wii U, and then they had mm-hmm. they had one with the Mario Maker, and I think it came with an amiibo um packed in with that one as well, and I was there along with a bunch of kids like waiting for the amiibo for that that uh, was for Mario Maker and um I remember talking to a mom in line she's going so you're here for the toys I'm like <laughs> yeah like what do you mean like what what is this qu-? and the we're toys. the same age like you know we become like we're all parents here so that and when I fire up a Zoom call for work like my full I still work full time and like this is my office so That's it's awesome. like I do this I podcast from the same area as <laughs> my when work I, when I worked um when I was a project uh, manager in IT, you know, I've had meetings with talking about like billion dollar projects. Yes. Here, I, here I am in front of like my epic collections and people <laughs> are like, nobody ever said anything except for one time. I think some guy was like, what, who, who are you again? And I was like, I'm the project lead in this. And they were like, oh, okay. It was That's a pretty best. cool background. I remember thinking like when when it all kind of first started, I thought maybe I should throw up like a blanket or a sheet or something like that. Because yeah. back then we thought we were going to be home for like a week or so. Week. And I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I canceled a flight and thought I'd be back in the office um, a little while later. But I'm glad that I didn't, man. I'm glad that I've kept it. And there are a couple people who I, I keep them on their toes. I move things every once in a while good, to good. see if anybody notices. And, and And sure enough, they do. Are you how often are you like managing just your inventory just in general? Because you have new stuff coming in all the time. I imagine you have some sort of churn of stuff that you're keeping versus giving away or adding to your collection. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's called a um, a stack on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's my inventory. <laughs> Is it really? Uh, no, in all seriousness, like um, I, 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 we just did a giveaway for just 
I think we did a Christmas episode and mm-hmm. I was just uh, separating those books, getting that ready to, uh, to ship out. I, I like uh, paying it forward. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I've been very blessed in the position that I'm in. And I, I came from, you know, I, I didn't grow up with lots of comics when I lived in Peru. I had to. You know, I had to work in the tobacco fields and had to mow lawns. Really and, yeah, here here in America, when we moved to America, I mean, you, but this, things were different then too. Like you could work really young uh, mm-hmm. mowing lawns. Mowing lawns, I think I started doing that at ten. Yeah, and I wasn't yeah. even it wasn't even my lawnmower. It was like my neighbor's <laughs> lawnmower that he let me borrow as long as I cut his yard. Um, You're building good work ethic, man. I was right with yeah. you. I think I was eight years old when I had my first paper route, just delivering flyers and stuff yeah, around the, I, the neighborhood. I think that's that's. That's important, and, and it keeps, you know, re- remembering that time keeps me humble. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I have these books coming in from Marvel, and they're not cheap, you know. And sometimes they'll send me two copies, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna give one away because this is cool. Like, I get, I'm in a position where I can do that. <laughs> I wish shipping overseas was a little cheaper, though. Seriously. My goodness, that takes a chunk out of my. Uh, my butt oh my gosh i think the last time was like 500 bucks just the and it was like 10 people's stuff that we were shipping out and time just, too are you finding it's taking a long time to get over there we did a we did a giveaway recently to somebody in australia and, and this was back in yeah, november australia, i was gonna say australia is the one that oh my gosh sometimes it's like yeah we'll, we'll maybe try to find something else that'll work out because it, it was literally like months and hundreds of dollars to send over kind of like a small thing and it just kind of depends on the time of year and things but you're right like that's, yeah. that's just that's just part of it and that's that's great that i i love that that scene it just seems to come through whether you're doing the thing of giving the thing away or just talking about comics i feel like that that humble nature comes through i think that's one of the reasons i I visit your channel. I'm sure a lot of people visit your channel versus Thanks, others man. as well. You know, like it's it, other people do it as well. They they do the here's what's coming up and here's my thoughts on this channel. But like it's the I don't know. You, you just have a very like natural way you come across just exactly as I'm talking to you. It's exactly the person I've been watching, of course, on the videos all along. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, like I try to do the what you what you see is what you get. Big time. Like I do um, on my Patreon. We do this one on one thing. And it's the most chill because, like, mm-hmm. I had uh, a couple of young people uh, join that, <laughs> and they, it was so weird for me because they were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm talking to you," and I'm like, "Oh my god, you need to calm down because it's just, I'm just a dude in my basement. Like, <laughs> it, it's cool. Like, it, it was it was a very humbling humbling experience to to see that though, like people's reaction mm-hmm. and and they were like, "Man, you're just the same as you are on your videos," and I'm like. Yeah, and my wife has to put up with that like twenty four seven. She's the sweetest I, man. Yeah, I love that. It's it's pretty much who I am, and yeah. it's cool. I like that though. Uh, so like when other people start their own channel doing the same uh, t- type of material that I'm doing, I always tell them, you know, I think it's cool. Like I think there's enough out there that everybody has their own voice to put oh, into yeah. it. And it's oh, like, yeah. As long as you're, you know, you're using your own voice and you're having fun with it. Uh, just keep doing it. Like I always tell people not to compare themselves to others because that is one I of the agree. most hardest things to mm-hmm. to learn to do. But once you do, you know, and you're having fun doing it, just just keep uh, keep doing it. That that was always my advice to people that you know have started a, a very similar type of channel. I think there's enough people out there to to entertain. 
Yeah, that's a yeah. good attitude to have, yeah. man. And one of the things that just comes out to me in your stuff is like uh, the interviews, of course, I want to talk about how the interview with Todd McFarlane kind of came together. I don't remember how many years ago that was. But X-Men, obviously, big part of just is it is, is it central to your sort of like nerdism with with comics? Is that the is that the one X-Men? That, yeah, that's my backbone. I mean, yeah. that's 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 my I X-Men. The primarily Chris Claremont, like he really did help who I became. Like there are mm-hmm. certain stories in my life that will always stick with me and I kind of gravitate to. But I, I think the backbone of everything was always X-Men. Yeah. How, why yeah. is that? Why? What was it? And I'm, I'm actually, as I'm finding, I'm exploring lots of different stuff. I'm coming back to X-Men, I think probably because of the cartoon. And they were so prevalent mm-hmm. within that overpower game I mentioned as well. Um, what is it about X-Men that sort of like resonated with you? Like what, why that one? Uh, it probably has to do a lot with my coming over here to America from Peru. Yeah. Not speaking the language, uh, not having a lot of friends. And I think like most kids, we always feel like the, the, the weird one, the, the strange one, the one that doesn't fit in. I think all kids go through that. Yeah. Not it was me. So having, um, you know, to go home after school and looking forward to reading X-Men, it was like visiting like another like 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 an extended family almost. And because they were going through the same thing, you know, like that, that, that's why I connected with them. Uh, they were being judged by the way they look and, you know, people didn't like them and they kind of found each other. And I thought that was a beautiful message and to uh, acceptance and all that, like everything most of the way I am with people is probably because of X Men. Like it's, mm-hmm. it sounds, say, but a lot of it was that and the wonderful parents that raised me. But X Men really put a lot of that in there. Like you know, not to fear anybody because they look different. It's the best. And I think that's a to have mm-hmm. like. That's why I'm kind of pushing my kids to read X Men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like gently pushing. Nobody wants to be the overbearing, you know, push. But it's like, but X Men. Maybe you just want to check this one out, dude. Yeah, we always do like they, they it's cute we do uh reviews of the mighty marvel masterworks on the channel and they've done like silver age stories and it's really cool to see what they think of those silver age stories because uh, i remember like with me I, I struggled with x-men i did not like silver age x-men and both of them were like yeah it was all right it wasn't that bad yeah so that kind of is it just too wordy is that the deal like is it just too much is it too much reading <laughs> not really that that stuff doesn't bother me it was just bland yeah it was just bland compared to like Jack and Stan's Fantastic Four or, you know, Ditko and Stan's uh, Spider-Man. It just – it seems like they were using all their talent for those books. Even mm-hmm. Thor and uh, Iron Man had m- more sense of adventure. I mean there was a reason why that book was canceled and then came back with Giant Size number one. Man, well, one of the things um, I, I think I've watched it a couple of times over. I had to like rewind and scrub back on the video because I um, – I've done a thing a couple times where I've, I've just wandered through a comic book shop and I'm just like, I'll just I'll just find whatever cover kind of strikes me. And I'm looking for like one or two that just the cover looks good. And I found X-Men 92 in some, some long box. I thought those were pretty sweet. And then uh, X-Men Legends, I popped up. I'm like, those are awesome. And I have to get a couple of those. And then you did a video probably about a year ago at this point, which is probably terrible for me to reference something that I would just watch. And you just haven't even looked at it since a year ago. <laughs> so okay. you were referencing this trade and your reaction to this, to this X-Men Legends is so pure. It's so like, <laughs> and now we're on to X-Men Legends. And it's just like this, oh my gosh, you guys. Like it's, you totally go away. 
away from the uh I'm gonna I'm gonna stay neutral, I'm gonna stay in the middle. There it is right there, man. It's so <laughs> yeah. good. And I've tracked down I some of the it. singles as well. It is it's excellent. And for me, it's all the things that you said about X-Men and that like 90s kind of poppy neon almost oh, yeah. artwork is just so, so good. Yeah, man. The nostalgia is real for sure. I, I could not wait for that collection. I can't wait for the next one. I, I think it was such it's such a unique idea to, to let the writers go back and ter- tell their story as if they had intended to all those mm-hmm. years ago. I think. There's a uh, tie-in so yeah. with, with video games, man. You're seeing that a lot in games as well, where it's just like games are being remade, remastered, reimagined mm-hmm. in, in ways like Doom 2016 is a really good example of this. And there's a bunch of them. You know, it seems like now going back is paying off. I think this is something they've, you know, it's almost like what, what Star Wars tried to do and just totally failed with. <laughs> you know, like that was the first attempt at it. Now they can actually do it fairly well because I don't know, maybe it's just because these are the people who grew up on this stuff. Instead of yeah, the original creators is, getting old and out of touch with stuff and trying to relive the glory days. I think there is uh, a lot to be said about that. Like a lot of the people that, I mean, that are making the video games that we love or doing the remastered editions are the kids that grew up playing those games. And I think mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, same thing with comics. Like a lot of the comics, like uh, there's a guy, one of my favorite uh, editors, he's a collected editions editor at Marvel, uh, Corey Sedlmeyer. He... <laughs> Is like he loves old stuff, so anything that he touches, like just the artwork looks the cleanest, the 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 the, the colors look just mm-hmm. vibrant, as as close to the original as you can make it. Uh, it and it, it's just I look forward to all his edits, uh, even though I don't agree with the kind of stories that he likes. He likes a lot of the older classic, more classic stuff, um, but that's just because of our age difference and preference. Actually, he's not that much older than I am. I think he's only like a year older than me. So <laughs> I think he's preference. I'll, he goes You're back young to the class. You're young at heart though, man. Yeah. I, I have kids that watch my channel that are like 12 and 13 that love Silver Age. And I'm like, really? That's, That's awesome, man. Impressive. That mm-hmm. is really cool. And it renews faith in humanity and the future of our species when you know that, you know, kids are, are reading that stuff and they're listening to heavy metal stuff. Like they're listening to old yeah. stuff or whatever. Yeah. It, I, my daughter was actually – she's 12 years old and she was telling me that – she said – was it? she was reading something about her generation and why they love the 80s and 90s. And she's like – it seems like our generation is very – like we want physical things. We want CD players. Mm-hmm. We want CDs. We want cassettes. And I was like, what? Cassettes? Have you heard of digital music? <laughs> what? Cassettes of all the things, like, you know, CDs I could understand, but, like, they're just, cassettes are, like, they're double-sided, like, you gotta rewind them, you can't even, like, skip to the next track, dude. (laughs) There are people that collect VHS, there are people that, so I get it, right? Like, there's definitely something to be said about physical media, and it's interesting that she said it's, uh, her generation is, like, they want to go back to that era, and I wonder what, what connection that is, like that 80s 90s era because it seems impossible it seems foreign i have a bunch of that stuff so it's well that's that's amazing and that's a tough thing that's something that i admire about you big time is like being able to you know just have the collection number one it looks great looks organized and all that kind of stuff that obviously resonates with me um but like you know there's you could you could have a moment and just go like, do I need this stuff anymore? And sell all of it. You could have that moment and just like clear out the space, but you don't like it's stuff that's really important to you. Yeah, I thought about. I mean, I'm not above selling things. Like I've sold most of my toys or statues and mm-hmm. 
just because I want to focus and, and eventually you run out of room. I mean, statues like, are like another level, man. Like it's I just like, I can't. Well, I look at the prices I, on those. I have um, uh, as I point to my books, an addictive mentality. Like I yeah. can't. Yeah. Like when the Berserk statue of uh, Guts came out, and they were going to reissue a lot of the uh, the other statues. Like a friend of mine was like, "I, w- I want to buy you this. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna take up some money." And I'm like, "No, please mm-hmm. don't. I think it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Thank you." Uh, but. I will buy every single one of them. I, it won't stop at Guts. I'll get Griffith. I'll <laughs> yeah. get Costco. I'll get the God Hand. And then I'm going to be out of – like I'm going to be sleeping with these things in my bed and my, and my wife's going to kill me. So yeah. I said I can't I can't do that because I don't stop at just one. I can't. I like, like and, I, and oh my gosh, I have so much respect for people that like, you know, I'm going to go get that uh, X-Men Omnibus Volume 3. That's got my favorite story. Right, you go to that like, one. You skipped to the third one. I, it's so funny you say that because I just was in a store and I had the second omnibus in my hand. I've had volume two X Men in my hand. I'm like, I gotta get. I can't do this one. I gotta at least start with number one, and then I'll kind of like progress along the line. But I did that exact thing, like, and that's what three hundred dollars plus. They're yeah, like one twenty five each. Like they're not cheap. Man. They're not cheap, and I I'm always envious of the people or like. The people I used to work with that like had that one toy at their desk mm-hmm. and I was like surrounded by all these action figures and just all these different memorabilia from like video games. And I looked at them going, man, how I envy your one little nice. toy that sits at your desk. It's funny. I've I've had a lot of people on the show over the years and I had to actually catch myself at one point because I asked them a lot about that. I'm like, how do you stop yourself? Like, how do you practice like that discipline? And they go well, this stuff costs money. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like how much of a dink do I feel like right now? I'm just like splurging (laughs) and, you know, I probably could be like, you know, saving for my kid's education or something like that. And instead I've got like this thing behind me. (laughs) My kids are going to do the same thing I did. You're going to get scholarships and they're going to pay for their way to school. (laughs) That is what I am talking about, man. And, And the thing is like, that was the whole, like going back to working basically from grade three is when I had my first paying job. And half Mm -hmm. of every paycheck went into a fund. I hated my parents for taking half of my money. I wanted to buy pogs back in the day. It was so smart, dude. (laughs) Like I could never, I could never appreciate it enough because I just didn't even, when college came around, like I didn't even think about it. Like the money was just there. And like, thank God it was because you just watch everybody around you get into student loan debts and everything. So yeah, very appreciative for the, for the parental guidance on that because I never would have seen it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't think anybody really prepares you for debt like college mm-hmm. debt mm-hmm. um but yeah like i think with books like it, they're just things i want to go back and revisit and honestly it's the things that i love talking about on the channel and help and have helped build the channel the way that it is so at any point i can go back and do it like I, okay i will say this when <laughs> i was i working uh in 2020 and I lost my job uh, about August because there was about four months that we didn't get any new comics, didn't get any new collected editions. We didn't know the future of comics. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if people were going to go back and start making comics again, if the distribution centers were going to start delivering things oh, again. Oh, you say we like the world. You mean the world didn't get comics. Like they just – they weren't making any. No, they nobody – Not was, just your channel. I got it. I got gotcha. you. Everything shut down. Yeah. So that was anytime I ever look at my schedule going, oh, my gosh, I don't have an idea for tomorrow. What am I, what video am I going to do? Does this go back to 2020 going, 
somehow I was able to scrap videos together every day in the middle of the pandemic when we were not getting any new material mm-hmm. and still watched. And I'm like, I got this. I can, I can, you know, that's back when I, that's, I think that's why I started doing like hidden gems or I, I can't remember exactly what the other segment that I started doing at that time was, but I always go back to 2020. I'm like, if I was able to do a video every day in 2020, I think I'm going to be okay. It was probably a happy accident, man, because I think that was where a lot of the early videos that I was checking out. Cause I like my, like I needed to have some sort of on-ramp into it because there's just too much. It's just this giant barrage of stuff. I didn't know where to start. And it was, like I said, it was like, what are the different formats? And then it was a bunch of Todd McFarlane stuff. It was your uh, reviews of the Omnis, the Spider-Man, the um, David Michelini um, Omnis Mm -hmm. and things like that. And that, I would imagine was around that time. Like, cause I don't know that they were, they were brand new or there was another printing. You were comparing like new stuff versus oh, I was previous doing printing. Retro views. That's mm-hmm. what I started doing too. Like people were yep. like, can you just take like an old book uh, that's been around for a while? And I don't know, maybe talk about it. And I was like, super valuable yeah, dude. Honestly. Sure. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I really, I really enjoyed the X. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to, whenever I have like, now, when there's so many books, and I th- and I say that like that's a bad thing, it's a wonderful thing. I, I don't have the time to like go get a retro like right, uh, get right. out an old book and talk about it. So anytime I have time to sneak one in, I'll try to sneak one in uh, because I enjoy talking about all this old stuff too, and hopefully catch the eye of somebody at like DC that will say, "Hey, let's reprint that because that hasn't been around for a while." But, that's the, that's uh, the ultimate joy too, isn't it? Like you, ha- you want something, you're eyeing something like, I just wish that they could, this, they could put this back in stock. And then it like magically happens every once in a while you get the one and that's the, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird world, man. This comics world is, is a little strange. I ended up having to invest in another shelf cause it was starting to like, it was starting <laughs> to show up in here. I was trying to cram things that's in and everything else. And then, yeah, another shelf kind of is around the, around the corner and that's where things are on display. And I'm just trying to figure out like how to, how to make it all look good, you know, like this is this is the obsession. This is the hobby. And I don't know, man, this is it's, I feel like just a kid in a toy shop right now, just really looking to learn and experience new things. Like I'm not even into any one set of comics, period. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'll look at Saga. I was just reading Skyward. Um, I was reading a trade Skyward from oh, Image Comics. Just got oh, into it. And when I, I read the first book. And went well. I need obviously just need to get the whatever it is a hardcover, some sort of deluxe deluxe edition. Um, mm. I've got to get into that now because I just I, I've made the decision. I don't want the rest of the trades. I just want to get into the hardcover stuff. <laughs> it's so, so much it's, easier. It's all in one, man. I know, and this that's this is the dangerous um, dangerous territory that we find ourselves in. But it's it's hilarious, man. Do you have um, you know I'll I've got a couple more questions for you before we close things out here. But sure. you know, as you look forward to, we just started a new year. Um, you've got an onslaught of content that you can get to. Is there anything that you haven't gotten to yet, given that you've been around this this block a couple of times? Is there something that you've been you've been itching to do on the channel, or are you kind of like have you have you settled into kind of what you could expect to be doing on the channel? There are things um, that I do want to do. <coughs> so sorry. <coughs> um, so there are things I want to do, but it's. I, I also have to um, put limitations on myself or it's going to it's going to be too much for me mm-hmm. to do. One of the things that I want to do is like I do love talking about the history of these things and I would love to talk in depth about, you know, some of the behind the scenes that were going on at the same time that these stories were happening. Uh, and to do that, you know, kind of to grow the channel, of course, it would be like a 
it would be an overlay of uh, pictures or panels from comics, which other channels oh, yeah. do. Oh. But oh my gosh, that I would need an actual editor to do because I don't have the time to sit there and do that. Because that takes then that takes away from the other content, and I can't mm-hmm. and I can't, you know, because you you that's one thing that I've learned to do is balance myself. Like okay, I gotta give myself enough time to read all these trades that come out before Tuesday. Or I gotta, you know, I gotta finish reading. I gotta go upstairs and finish reading Batgirl Burnside, Omnibus. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out this week, but I just got it in a couple of days ago. So it's just balancing myself, and you know, maybe in the new year, maybe you know, if, if the channel keeps growing, I'll, I could actually hire somebody to do like video edits. That would be cool. Then that's something I can definitely think about and dive into. And I can't wait for like a year from now when that actually happens and you're going full force. We can look back to this conversation year prior and go like, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if I could hire like an editor and, you know, fast forward to, to the <laughs> future. I love and I, I just love I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything about that. I just love like thinking about like having somebody like you who is a creator who has created something like with the channel so far and going like, what else is in that brain of yours right now? Like you're obviously I, I wouldn't imagine you come back and go like, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't I don't no, I, I, I don't I, think- I don't imagine that's where your head's at. I mean, we have to. I, mean, I say we. I don't know. I don't. I don't speak for every content creator, but I think, at least for me, I have to keep it fresh. I have to keep going. Totally. I have to keep thinking new things, um, and I have to keep thinking of new ways of doing it, because you know it keeps me on my toes and it keeps my brain moving too. Big time. Because if I become a creature of habit and just show you a book and be like, "Look, here's the book. Pretty cool, huh? Awesome. <laughs> Go click that link and hit our." hit our patreon you know like yeah no, no man the I, audience is obviously gonna see me slip it and be like this guy is wasting my time like yeah. no i can't i can't i feel like i'm cheating not only my my viewers but also myself like why would i do that that's not that's not the type of work i want to put into it so absolutely yeah I, I do think of things and that's one that i has been has been with me for a long time and has stuck with me and i just i haven't had the time to actually it would it would take a long time, so I kind of just put I'm it in bad. the back. That resonates that, with me big time. I mean, the fact that you're on the show, this is typically like a, video games is where this started. And, and for the first, I don't know how many episodes, it was basically the same like five to 10 questions with everybody. It's like, what was your first console and how did you get into gaming and things like that? It was very standard. And I found like very quickly I was getting like, even I'm not even sure that I'm like excited by the conversation. So they mm-hmm. very quickly morphed into much more free flowing like this. And, and even just like who's going to be on the show has totally changed I, I i remember starting this out and going like i had a lot of kind of just rules and guidelines for myself to so it, it was um familiar and mm-hmm. what i found was that the more unfamiliar it became was actually more enjoyable for me so like even like i said like even just this today is uh it's different territory for me just talking comics because it's what, yeah, what's interesting course. to me like this is the content that i want to make because i'd like to actually listen back and 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 hear this so maybe there's one other person out there who kind of is thinking the exact same thing so i think it's uh when i do interviews it's always interesting because you have to kind of carry the you have to carry the conversation and you have to see where it's going to go uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you can tell it's, it's easier when you do it face to face like this right like yeah sometimes yeah. you can tell like uh the question's not flying too well with the uh person being interviewed so i might need to move away from that and you just got to keep thinking ahead mm-hmm. so i always find those fun and and i don't really find them challenging because that much like you're doing you're a great talking. job doing this. it's like having a conversation with somebody getting to know them and that's what i enjoy about doing interviews and um in, in that same format it's a it's a laid-back atmosphere there's no like 
Well, I've got 10 questions. One of them might be controversial. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't wait to get him. You can't wait to get him in a corner. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Do you have you've done a lot of interviews with a lot of different artists and creators and stuff? Like, do you have any that like pop to mind that are some of the top for you? Chris Claremont. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've interviewed him uh, three times now, and he never. Uh, he uh, his wife has to text me. Can you please remind Chris that he's gone on for two hours and he needs to get off? <laughs> and I'm like, of course, of course yeah. I can. Um, but he is my favorite writer, my favorite, like he, he was my childhood. So to have him on, I just, and, and then he is very, you've heard Kevin Smith talk, right? Like whenever you ask Kevin Smith a question, he'll go on for an hour and a half and of then course. go, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What were we talking about? Mm-hmm. Like Claremont is the same way. Um, but he's a little bit older, so it takes him a while to think of things. And then he'll go on a whole tangent. I love it. I just sit here just staring at him. I'm like, I don't even have a question. Like no just need to rein him in, man. Just let him do his thing. Absolutely. Yeah. He, yeah, he is. He's great to have on. Uh, I really honestly, I, I, I like people that uh, share my type of humor. I really like Chip Sadarsky. He was a lot of fun to talk to. Um, he, my Actually, my wife is the one that got him on the show. She's a bigger fan than I am. And he was just a he was a lot of fun. Jimmy Pomiotti and Amanda Connor, they were a lot of fun to talk to. Because both of them are down to earth, silly people, and um, yeah, they're creators that you you got to read the room, right? Like you just like a like a like a stand up comic has to read the room, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to do that with creators. You got to like see what they're into. You got to break that shell because sometimes, man, like some of them don't want to talk to you. Some of them are like so tired of talking. But if you find a couple of things that they're willing to talk about or show them that you actually enjoy the things that they've written and done. They'll, they'll open up, man. It's really cool to see that happen. It's, it's, it must be an interesting life for these people to put things out there because, of course, you know, there are fans and that's why they continue to get to do mm-hmm. the work that they do. But, you know, they're they're under critical watch always and critical fandom and you get kind of the good with the bad. So it's probably oh, nice absolutely. to avoid absolutely. all the bad stuff. You just kind of have a nice positive chat about some of the work that they they put out there. Like that's that's got to be that's got to feel good for them. Is there yeah, anybody who I, you've yet to have on? Like, is there a, is there a wish oh list that you've got? I'm sure. Yeah, there's so many people I want to have on. I'd love to have Grant Morrison. I'd love to have uh, Jim Lee, uh, Mark Silvestri, which I need to reach back out to her. Like uh, his his people actually reached out to me, and I would love to have him on. He's my favorite comic book artist and just a wonderful, pretty pretty cool dude. I've talked to him at conventions many times, but I've not interviewed him. Um, you know, several creators. Oh my gosh, of course Neil Gaiman. Who would not want to talk to Neil Gaiman? Yeah. And I just yeah. want Neil Gaiman to talk to me and tell me a story before bedtime and I just go to sleep. What are you asking what? if Jim Lee comes on? What do you what are you talking to him first about? Jim, when are we gonna get our X Men book out, man? There it is. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Come on Jim. I can't wait till somebody I can't wait till somebody gives Omar, the uncanny Omar, like a little special thanks for like this is because Omar asked me a question, you know, like that would just be great. You can type um, that in yourself. You can pat yourself on the back. One of I'll these days my, it's going to work, man. One of these days. Yeah. I'll push somebody into doing that. Uh, I like putting, I like pushing people to the point of like making them change their mind about things. Heck yes. Um, Has it ever worked? I, that's what I'm starting to do with Todd McFarlane and, and Eric Larson. I'm like, look, there's demand for these things. People love your comics. Like look mm-hmm. at all the people in the chat right now. They would love to have your stuff in hardcover format. And both <laughs> both of them, you know, like he they just didn't they they 
in cave. Those compendiums are maddening. I, I feel bad because I was telling my wife I would like to get into um, some more Spawn stuff, and she buys me the first compendium, and it was like a week after I had watched your uh, review of the second one, and you're talking all about the spine and stuff. I'm like, I just don't know about this this soft cover compendium. It's yeah. gigantic. It's like you know, forty pounds, it's and it's, it's it's a tough call, tough call, and no man. covers, dude. Like I just that's a that that was I, actually like a. In, in addition to a few of the other things, I think the no covers was the biggest deal for me because like that's that's the big pull for me, at least right now, like knowing almost nothing like relative to the vastness that has spawned. Like, I just want covers, man. Like, that's kind of what I'm here for, at least I at this moment. I, I don't know why. Uh, I don't it's such know. a weird choice. I, and they continue to it, on it with the second an, one. It is definitely an interesting choice because mm. what? Like. At least, even if they're soft covers, sure, people can stomach that. But at least throw the covers in there, man. People love mm-hmm. the artwork. Part of the art is that cover. But I don't know. That you know, fifty issues, I guess, not bad for sixty bucks. Yeah, but yeah. that's still, just it. That's yeah, but still. Well, and we up in Canada, we always get like I don't know if you guys ever print like the U.S. and Canada prices on the back, but we see both, and we see what you guys are paying, and when we see right next to it what we're paying. I'm so sorry. That's, I mean, we've made choices, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> we, we get our healthcare, uh, but it's freezing and we pay, you know, an arm and a leg That's for what I was gonna, everything. I was going to say, this is what I tell all my Canadian friends, like, look, it all balances out, right? I have to pay an arm and a leg for private insurance between me and my kids. My Epic Collections and Omnibus Editions are a little bit cheaper. Like 40% less, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty unreal. Look, Omar, man, it's been an absolute pleasure again to just even at the very least being able to tell you face to face that I've been enjoying your content. You're honestly like you're you're one of a kind. Uh, I really enjoy your channel. I think other people should check it out. Um, do you want to tell people where if they haven't already uh, looked at your YouTube channel and all your content where they can find you? Um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me on, man. This has been a blast. I'd love to do this again. Um yeah, uh, Near Me Condition is the name of the YouTube channel. And um, we do have um, social media presence. I think it's just Near Me Con, but the videos are posted every day on YouTube. So Near Me Condition, just I look that it. up. Well, I will absolutely have you back on because my collection will do nothing but grow larger and larger at the um, behest of my wallet, my um, my PayPal and all the things, <laughs> cheapgraphicnovels.com. All the things are happening. Um, links for your uh, for your channel will be in the show notes as well. So people should check it out there. But I just once again, thank you so much for carving out time this late evening in the middle of the week, this this new year. Um, but I wish you all the best of luck with your channel in, in 2022, my friend. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words and for having me on. I've just confirmed with the family uh, right after I record this, but I'm going to put it out there. I'm packing up the family. We're going to a comic book store. <laughs> That's what we're doing, man. I can't. How, how can I not after something like that? I don't know. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I know lots of times you're here for video games, but it was comics, man. And I'm here for it. I, I don't know what it is. It's the, it's the we talked about like the tangible, the, it's the physical stuff, man. I really enjoy it. So thank you so much. To you for listening and to Omar for joining me on this. Um, I think he took a bit of a chance on me, and I'm very appreciative of that. And if you guys enjoyed it, if you're not already, follow me on Twitter, at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. Rate the show on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify. 
I think you have to listen to the show first, though. I think this is <laughs> Spotify. I don't use Spotify, actually, for my podcast. I use um, Overcast. So I'm trying to go support friends and all their shows and everything, but I don't do it. So I got I to gotta listen to one full episode, and then I got to do the thing. But if you're on Spotify right now, if you're listening on Spotify, and I know many of you are, it helps the show a huge degree if you just go over there and um, rate five stars. If, it, if you feel in your heart we deserve it, five stars. If you're sort of like more like a four and a half, I'd appreciate the roundup. I would appreciate that very much. And if you can go to patreon.com slash Jimmy Capri, there's so much content there, you guys. It's this show, the Xbox Drive, the Nintendo Drive, the PlayStation Drive, the RPG Cave. Uh, I feel like I'm probably missing something. Patrons at $3 plus get exclusive content like we did a console war room with the with the trophy room. It was the Xbox Drive versus the trophy room in a fantasy draft. We picked, I don't know, 12 games or something like that that we hope are going to review quite well. And it got a little spicy. It got a little saucy. It got a little salty. All the flavors. <laughs> we, had, we had a very flavorful conversation with the trophy room. That's for patrons at $3 and up. And I hope you guys um, love all that stuff, dude. Everything's clicking right now. I'm feeling it. I hope you guys are feeling it too. This song has been part of We The Gamer Cast since the beginning. And it has all, like, I'm telling you guys, sometimes I just, I listen to it and it fires me up. And I hope you guys are feeling the energy as well. I hope this whole conversation has turned your day even just a little better. So there. What else do I want to tell you guys? I think that's kind of it. We end the show with, with this weird thing. Lately, I've been explaining it, but I think we're just going to return to just, it, it just being the thing. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I will see you back next week. We've got lots more to talk about. Great guests coming up. And um, thank you guys again. Okay, bye-bye. Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!